looking at Philippians chapter 1, verses 27 through 30, as we talk about being bullied today. I do have a comment about the, uh, where's Bob at? McCloskey, right up there. I do have a comment about that. If you do have uh, a hearing issue, go and uh, check that out. And uh, I also wanted to say, uh, uh, those who don't want to hear the sermon, there's probably some earplugs out there also. So uh, either way, we got you covered. Well, it's a wonderful day, and uh, we are going to look at a subject. I got some emails this week from people and uh, talking about bullies. There are all kinds of bullies in the world. And uh, how many here have ever been bullied? Raise your hand. I got both hands up, alright? All kinds of bullies. There are political bullies. I go to Washington or watch an interview and you can see a political bully. I'm not going to name names, but uh, they're on there. They are people that have a scorched earth policy. They don't care. They want their way no matter what. And they are political bullies. There are family bullies. Maybe you know someone in your family that is a bully. They've got to have their way. Now, my wife cautioned me, don't talk too much about your sister because you know it's out there on the internet. Maybe I need to turn this device off every once in a while, but... Uh, no, there, there are family bullies. My, my sister made me play with a Ken doll. I still have my Ken doll. I still got it. Saw it the other day. I have a Ken. When I had to play, you know, my sister had the Barbie and we did the dress up thing and all that. And Cheryl also had an easy bake oven. Now, I like that. Man, that little light bulb turned out some good cakes. It did. And, uh, but I also had a G.I. Joe, so that was my masculine side there. But there are family bullies. When someone has a death in the family, family bullies show up. I want that, I want that, I want that. And, and you find out real quick who the bully is. Well, there are also school bullies. I remember those. You know, it's funny how that back in your mind, the names of school bullies you never forget. I remember Jimmy in the fourth grade. He was a bully. And uh, finally, I got two or three of my friends together and we took care of him. <laughs> It was three to one, but it was fair. We tore Jimmy up. It's amazing, after the three of us jumped on him, he was never a bully again. He was in recovery. Hi, my name is Jimmy. I'm a bully. Hi, Jimmy. All right. Then, uh, church bullies. Have you ever seen a church bully? Flower <laughs> I'm not going to repeat that. <laughs> but they are on committees sometimes, alright? And uh, a church bully is someone that 
goes around and stirs things up. And, uh, you know, they try to get people on their side to vote on a certain issue. They are church bullies. Again, it's their way or the highway. They are dominant. They are on fire with an issue. And if you disagree with them, you just out of God's will. That's what they'll say. I remember one time I heard about a preacher that preached a sermon entitled, A Side Door Religion. And I thought, what in the world is a side door religion? Brother Junior Hill preached that sermon. And he was talking about people that uh, get upset or get contrary and they get so messed up they won't even go out the back door of the church. They find a side door to sneak out. Side door religion. Alright, look here in your Bible. Philippians chapter 1. Let's see what Paul says about bullies. Philippians 1, 27-30. Now, as you look at these verses, Paul goes to the heart of the issue of being bullied. And he talks about the opponents to the cause of Christ. And let me begin in verse 27, chapter 1, and read through verse 30. Only conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or remain absent, I will hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel, in no way alarmed by your opponents. Now let me stop there and tell you, you could put the word bullies in there. Alright? Not alarmed by the bullies, which is a sign of destruction for them, but a salvation for you, and that too from God. For to you it has been granted for Christ's sake, not only to believe in Him, but also to suffer for His sake, experiencing the same conflict which you saw in me and now here to be in me. So, Paul goes back and probably in Paul's mind, he's thinking about the opponents, he's thinking about the bullies that he has run into. Felix, Agrippa, on and on he could go and name bullies. Demas, who left the faith and forsook him. Maybe Paul is thinking about the old crowd of Pharisees and Sadducees. But he is focusing on the opponents to the faith. Now, there will always, always be people who will stand against Christ. Always. In fact, John in his epistle says there are many anti-Christs out there, plural. And they will lead up to a point in the future where, where there will be one anti-Christ. But until that time, there will be these bullies, these opponents to the cause of Christ. Now, how do we defeat them? How do you defeat and conquer the bullies? 
It comes down to the word please. The word please. You and I in our lives, we've got to figure out who are we going to please. Are we going to please the Lord? Or are we going to please people? Now i got news for you. One day you're going to stand before the throne. And the only one on that throne is the one you need to be concerned about pleasing. When you stand before God one day, all that you want to hear is this. Well done, good and faithful servant. That's what you want to hear. So, to conquer the bullies, it comes down to pleasing the Lord. Now, I want to share with you how you please Him. Number one, we please the Lord in our service. In our service. Now, look again to verse 27. You find in verse 27 the phrase, conduct yourselves. Conduct yourselves. <clears throat> that, that phrase is really one word. It's a political word. And that phrase, conduct yourselves, means live as citizens. Live as a citizen. Now, citizens have rights, don't they? But they also have obligations. In fact, if you are a citizen of the United States, you have the right and the privilege of voting. That's wonderful. But you also have the obligation to pay taxes. And you also, even though you pay taxes on both sides of the road, you better drive on just one side of the road, not the other. I was driving down I-20 today, exit 58 there in Lexington. It's a mess. They're doing road work over there, construction. There are lines everywhere. I didn't know where to drive. I mean, it's, it's crazy. But yet, we know legally, you better be on the right side of the road. Had a uh, friend of mine, had a father who was uh, getting older, and so it came time they had to take away his keys. You know the NRA commercial that says, when you pry my cold, dead fingers off this? Well, he was like that with the keys to his pickup truck. He just, he wanted to drive until Jesus came for him. He just wanted to hang on to those keys. So, they went out there and, and uh, you know, tinkered with the car and, and uh, they took the battery out. Well, he went down there. And so, he was smart enough. He just said, I'll call AAA. <laughs> So he called AAA. AAA hadn't talked to the daughter, so they brought a battery out. And boy, they had fixed up. He's on the road again. So then they they came back and said, "Well, we got to do one better than that." So then they took the it was an older truck, took the distributor cap off and the spark plugs out and the battery. Well, that fixed him there. He didn't fix that. But, but they were saying they had to do that because he did not know where to drive. He did not know how to operate a vehicle. Citizenship 
comes with responsibilities. You and I are citizens of a heavenly kingdom. And because of that, we have both privileges and obligations. Look in chapter 3, verse 20. Chapter 3, verse 20. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which also we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, those in Philippi, now stay with me on this, those in Philippi, even though they lived in Philippi, they were Roman citizens. They had rights as Romans. They had obligations as Romans. That's why there were tax collectors everywhere. Man, there was an IRS booth on every corner. They knew where to get the money. They were citizens. You and I, even though we live down here, even though our address may be in Lexington, Columbia, wherever, we are citizens of a heavenly kingdom. Man, my address is there on Hallelujah Boulevard. That's my address. One day I'm going to be in Hallelujah Square. Amen, John? One day I'm going to be there. And you and I have the privilege of being a citizen of the kingdom. Now, our testimony needs to be worthy of the Lord. Look in verse 27 again. We are to conduct ourselves, be citizens in a manner worthy of the Gospel of Christ. Now that word worthy there means with equal weight. With equal weight. You remember years ago, if you bought penny candy, sometimes they'd take that candy and you know those, those Brock's candies, they, they would put them on a scale, you'd weigh them, and you'd buy so much, put it in a bag. Paul is saying, in equal weight to the Gospel, we need to live that kind of Christian life. Here's the Gospel on one side. Is your life in equal weight to the Gospel? Are you living a life in the equivalent spirit of the Gospel? Now, also in verse 27, you find the phrase, standing firm in one spirit. Standing firm in one spirit. That phrase means, are you in one soul? In one soul. You know, years ago I played basketball. In high school we had a guy on our team, and I can't remember his name, but I do remember his nickname. His nickname was Gunner. You know why? Because he was always gunning the ball. You give him the ball, he wasn't going to pass that ball to anybody. Lynn, he was a gunner. You give him ball, boy, he would gun that ball. He would put it up every single time. He was a glory hound. He wanted all the attention. Now, he'd shoot a hundred times and he'd make ten of them. <laughs> So his stats looked pretty good. You know, he made 10 baskets in the game. But what they failed to put down, he shot 100 times. 
Now, you and I are to realize God doesn't bless glory hounds. And He doesn't bless solo acts. We are in this thing together. We serve together. So we please the Lord in our service. We defeat the bullies when the people of God come together, united in the Spirit of God, and serve the Lord with gladness. That's what happens. Boy, I found this true last week. I, uh, I love the ministry of this class. And when Ann Adams passed away, Ruth Hysaw reached out to her about some food. And, and uh, then the class reached out uh, about music and the senior adult choir sang. And so many different people were involved in ministering to her. I thought to myself, what a wonderful testimony of people serving the Lord together. Alright, I've got to move on. Number two. Secondly, we defeat the bullies. When we please the Lord because of salvation. Because of salvation. Look at verse 28. In no way alarmed by your opponents, which is a sign of destruction for them, but a salvation for you, and that too from God. Now here's what Paul is saying. Paul says, don't be terrified of those who are against you. Because Paul is saying, to defeat those opponents, you've got to realize what they do is temporary. What you've got is eternal. What they do will come and go and pass. But what you have is something that the world can't take away. Uh, the Message Bible in verse 28 reads like this. Not flinching or dodging in the slightest before the opposition. I like that. Not, not flinching or dodging before the opposition. I, uh, I love the Andy Griffin show. And I was watching Andy the other day and watching Mayberry. And, and it, it was the one about Opie when he was being bullied. And uh, maybe you've seen that episode, but you know, he's, he's scared, so he pays his milk money to this boy. And every day he has to pay this milk money. This, this boy says, if you don't pay me, you know what you're going to get. And so Opie pays the money. Finally, he stands up to the bully. Does the bully hit him? Yes, he does. And Opie gets a black eye. But you know what he was afraid of? Wasn't that bad. I want you to know something. Every single bully that you face in life is not that bad when you're saved. And when you know your name's in the book of life. And when you know it's just temporary. Well, we need to be thankful for those who oppose us. That's a strange statement. But look again at verse 28. It says, but uh, don't, don't be alarmed by your opponents, which is a sign of destruction. But Paul goes on to say, but of salvation for you and that too from God. Paul seems to turn the coin here. He seems to flip it on the other side. And he says, it is proof of your salvation when you have opposition. 
If you are walking the same way that the world is walking, you're going to be in step with them. But if you stand against the things of the world, you're going to have someone that's going to stand against you. There will be opposition. Paul says, but don't worry about that because that's a sign that you're saved. That's a sign that you know the Lord. And so, because of our salvation, we please the Lord because we are saved. Paul says in another book, I'm bought with a price. Therefore, I glorify God in my body. Alright, let's move on. Third and last. Third and last. We please the Lord and defeat the bullies through suffering. Verses 29 and 30, Paul pulls the curtain back, delves into this thing called suffering. It's hard to understand, but salvation and suffering are both a gift of grace. Let me say that again. Salvation and suffering are both a gift of grace. You understand that when you see a child of God go through suffering. It is God's plan that we suffer. Look at verse 29. For to you it has been granted for Christ's sake, not only to believe in Him, but also to suffer for His sake. Paul is writing this from a Roman prison. Paul is chained to a Roman guard. 24 hours a day. And Paul is saying, you will have the joy of being saved and of suffering for Him. The book of Acts, one time they were suffering and being persecuted. And they stopped and said, today we have the honor of suffering for Him. It is an honor when you suffer for Christ. First uh, Peter Chapter 4, verse 16 is a wonderful verse on suffering. 1 Peter 4.16 says, But if anyone suffers as a Christian, he is not to be ashamed, but is to glorify God in this name. What's the name? Well, the name is Christian. The name is Christian. Also, look at verse number 30. Now look at the partnership here experiencing the same conflict which you saw in me and now here to be in me. Paul says there is a partnership that we have in suffering. We are not alone in suffering. Remember Paul when he was there in the Philippian jail? He was locked up at midnight. Who was with him? Silas. Paul and Silas were in a jail in Philippi at midnight. And then a Philippian jailer was one to the Lord. Paul and Silas were singing at midnight in that jail. They had a duet. Before it was over with, they had a trio. I tend to think they had a quartet coming too. Because more and more people, when they heard them praise, man, the devil is allergic to praise. And when God's people come together in praise, when suffering people come together, there's joy in that. I uh, was thinking about verse number 30. 
people experiencing the same conflict. You know, when believers pray for one another, it's a way of cheering them on. When believers come together and encourage one another, it's a way of simply saying, you're not alone in this. Wilma, thank you for that wonderful testimony about answered prayer. And Dolores, thank you for that testimony of answered prayer. And so we, we defeat the bullies when we please the Lord through our suffering. John chapter 16, verse 33. If you got your Bible, I want you to look over there real quick. We're going to close with this last verse. John 16, verse 33. John chapter 16, verse 33. Lynn Stogner, you got that? <laughs> okay, read that. Jesus said, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Oh, what a, what a verse of victory. In the world you're going to have some suffering. Jesus said, man, take courage. Because when it comes right down to it, I have overcome the world. You got a bully? Listen, you'll defeat the bully when you please the Lord in your service. When you please the Lord in salvation. When you please the Lord through suffering. I gave you a part of a quote there on your notes. And by the way, you got two pages today because the copier broke. Okay, that's, that's why. But uh, I gave you a part of a quote from Warren Wearsby there on the back page. I want to read a little bit more of that quote. I want to read the whole quote to you. You've got part of it, but here's the whole quote from Warren Wearsby. We have some neighbors who believe a false gospel. A church member told his pastor one day, do you have some literature I can give them? The pastor opened up his Bible to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 2. You are our letter written in our hearts, known and read by all men. The pastor said, the best literature in the world is no substitute for your own life. Let them see Christ in your behavior. And this will open up opportunities to share Christ's Gospel with them. And here's the quote you've got. The greatest weapon against the devil is a godly life. And a local church that practices the truth, that behaves what it believes. That may be bad English, but boy, it's good theology. A belief or behaves what it believes, it is going to defeat the enemy. This is the first essential for victory in this battle. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Father, I pray that we can defeat the bullies and Lord, defeat the opponents of the cross of Christ. Lord, they're out there, they're in the world. But Father, I love that verse that Lynn read. Greater is the one that's in us, Father. The victory is ours because Jesus has overcome the world. In His wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen.